And now, hey everyone, welcome to the Star Wars Legends podcast. I am your host, Jeremy from Stupid Chainsaw Productions, the guy that makes everyone edgy now. Because Tristan wasn't enough, apparently you need me as well. And we got the poor sucker who does these with me, Dylan, also known as John Tuttle or Dak303. Please help. He doesn't let me leave. Oh, no, no, no. That's I... all I can think of. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, we're going to start this off with the questions that you lovely viewers left last time on uh, the third one. Let's see here. We'll start with a good friend of the show, The Geek's Attic, our good friend Matthew from the second episode. Missed the invite, suffered from food poisoning this week. Well, that was a month ago because it's been a while. Sorry about that, Matt. Uh, my question is, if you could pick one EU book from the Legends canon to be made into a movie, which one Which one book would it you choose? Dylan, you want to start off or you want me to start off? Because I know my answer. I know my answer, too. I'm going to go very obscure with this one. And kind of weird because, you know, first thing we think, oh, EU book, you think like, oh, what novel would be good? But a lot of the novels I've read have either been um, part of a bigger series or a trilogy, which you couldn't do one movie about a trilogy. Um, you could do a trilogy about one movie, but you can't do a movie about a trilogy and wouldn't do it justice. So I thought of all these single books, but none of them really stuck out to me. So what I would like to see made into a movie would be Jason Fry's The Essential Guide to Warfare. Now I know what you're saying. That's a really weird choice. Why would you want that? And I would say I grew up watching, you know, I like documentaries. And I think what better, like, complete look of the universe would there be than to systematically go through the chronology of all the wars in Star Wars in a, in a two-and-a-half-hour documentary? That would be interesting to me. Now, granted, the, um, the uh, war with the Rakata, the Infinite Empire wasn't in there so to stay completely true to it you would have to skip that and i think there are some other things that aren't technically in there but for the most part it has almost everything in star wars mythology in there so yeah that's what i would pick that's fucking strange dude but you know <laughs> i'm gonna go simple because this was a story and we will get to this eventually when dylan stops reading post jedi and actually goes to pre when we talk about one of my favorite stories, Shadows of the Empire, it had its own soundtrack, it had its own video game, it had its own action figures and comics, and it had the novel, of course. The only thing it was missing was a movie. And I think that would just make it complete, like an animated movie. You know, get the original cast back. Harrison Ford isn't in it, so... If, Han Solo technically isn't even in it at all. So Yeah, he's in Carbonite. Yeah. So everyone could do it. It's, it's possible. I don't know. I just like that. And there's a second part to this question. Uh, yes, if we could start a petition to get Filoni banned from the Star Wars universe. Well, we're going to talk about something that happened with his Clone Wars later in the show. Um, but let's get to the other questions from 
Cranet Star, my question is, who are your favorite EU sidekicks or side characters? Oh, boy. I've got one. Now, granted, he eventually comes past his role as sidekick, but when he's introduced, he is a sidekick. He is the second in command. And that is the man who is my favorite Imperial of all time, Gilad Pelion. I figured you, as soon as you said Imperial, I was like, oh, it's going to be Pelion. I knew it. It's just so awesome. I don't know. Mine's Griff. <laughs> of course it would be. Republic. Well, it's tied between him and Cheryl. But it, it had to be from That's the Old Republic, because that, that was all about all of the characters. So, I mean, you got a good taste of everyone. I mean, I could put Camper in there as well. I Camper just, was kind of meh. I like Camper. He was he was the not-so-wise old dude. <laughs> he loved that shit. Or crazy, until he got healed. Yeah. Oh, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> Oh, I, dude, oh yeah, that's spoilers for the viewers. I'm like, I finished KOTOR a long time ago. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see here. Okay, DP1 Products asks, have we seen the Revan fan film? Now, Dylan, did you finally watch that or no? No, I haven't had time, but I know you have. Oh, I have. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it had its issues, but for a fan film, it's one of the best. One of the, and the amount of practical stuff they'd used was actually really impressive. <coughs> they didn't use CGI snow. They actually went out in the snow and filmed. And, um, yeah, I, I saw it, but Dylan didn't. Yes. Okay, and that's about it. And remember, folks, if you want to send us a comment, just uh, put it in the comment uh, comments down below, and we'll answer your questions live next time. Okay, what do we want to talk about now? You want to go to Marvel Solicits? Sure. Okay, so Marvel's announced what they're releasing this year for the rest of the year. And we got a new Force Awakens, a Journey to the Force Awakens comic called Shattered Empire. Big stunner that they were going to—they're going to cash in on Force Awakens because everyone's doing that. Is it just me, or is this becoming worse than Phantom Menace was? Well, I was like four when Phantom Menace came out, so I don't really have the best memories of that. I was too, but you know, I I've done all the research and stuff, and that one was, that one was bad. I've seen fanboys if that counts. I've seen fanboys too, but this <laughs> is getting this Force Awakens thing, it's just getting out of hand, and people are gonna get sick of it, and then they're gonna complain about it. Boo hoo. But um, they also announced the Chewbacca miniseries coming out. Because that hadn't been done before. No. 
But uh, apparently Lando's good, even though he fucking he stole the Emperor's ship. That's the plot of the Lando miniseries. Stole the Emperor's ship. That's the plot. That's I wouldn't know. I haven't been reading the Marvel comics. Uh, no, I just I just listen to other people read them. Have you listened to someone else read Star Wars issue three yet? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> no. Of course I haven't listened to that. Why would I subject myself to something that hurts? <laughs> it's like lovely people who watch my videos that hate me. It's like it's like when you have a bruise and you poke at it and like this hurt it hurts when I do this. So no, I'm not some sort of masochist weirdo. Of course I haven't read that shit. But who knows? Maybe, anyway. Maybe I'll pick up Shattered Empire issue one. Tell you how it is. It comes out next week, so. How many variant covers are there? Five, six Something like that. I think it's six. It's nowhere near as bad as the Star Wars number one. Right, which was ridiculous. But none of them have been that bad. But they've been doing those action figure variant covers. They're um, inspired by the old Kenner action figures. Like how those were packaged. And those go for a pretty penny on the Ebays for some reason. But hey, who knows? I don't care. Uh, what's next, Dylan? Well, why don't we get... Um, do we want to do the Force and Destiny talk now? What? Can. Okay, so Force and Destiny came out. And like it or hate it, they've started integrating new canon in it. The Rebels characters were in there. We knew it was going to happen. And it has. Um, but one of the greatest retcons ever. Hold and, on, I'm looking for it. Well, I'm just going I'm going to mention it. Well, don't right. look at it. So essentially, there is a little passage in the Force and Destiny core rulebook that... It's up to interpretation, but most of us have interpreted it as... Um, I have it right here. They retconned the Clo uh, Filoni's Clone Wars. Can you read it for us? Yes, it is on page 353 of the, um, the core rulebook for Star Wars Force and Destiny. It's There's these little data pads, which... If you don't know what a data pad is, it's like essentially where people get information in the Star Wars universe that have little snippets of information about the universe. And on page 353, there's a three-paragraph data pad, which has some stuff that's going on in the cold world and the colonies, which, you know, most of them are just stuff like about lightsaber forms or things we already know about. But mm -hmm. the second one, and this one is very strange. Uh, it's about pro-imperial sentiment or I'll, I'll just read the whole thing, but I'll get to the second one. It's the first paragraph is, given what you're interested in, I'd be careful when you're poking around the colonies. Pro-imperial sentiments, sentiments plus jealousy of the core worlds means some of the planets enforce imperial law more, rap more rapidly than Coruscant. 
Now, here's the good stuff here, the second paragraph. For example, I intercepted a mandate from officials on uh, Caridia ordering that all records in their military academies pertaining to the history of the Clone Wars undergo, quote, review for intellectual purity, unquote, by a dozen Compnor agents. While I can get just guess what kind of intellectual purity Compnor wants to enforce, it got me wondering if there's some information about events in the Clone Wars that we're worried, worried someone might read. Then it goes on about what else is happening in Fondor. But that right there says that near the time of the Rebellion era, someone is altering the information of what happened in the Clone Wars. Yeah, so they cop they Filoni's Clone Wars is probably not necessarily complete canon. It's a fucking miracle. Uh Dylan, how close was this uh to Adamant? Uh close to what? It was, this is close to your theory. Now Months and months ago, Dylan and a friend of ours, Matt Wilkins, you might know him from his Matt's Expanding Universe, we were all in a Google Hangout, and Dylan's like, I know how to fit Filoni's Clone Wars into the canon. Oh, yes. My, my idea was basically the Clone Wars, because each episode starts off with like an announcer like basically going over what happens, what what's happening. Like, when you see like the old uh, propaganda films from World War II, when they're going like, and you know, American fighters are swarming in and protecting the bomb or whatever. It kind of starts like that. So my idea was, what if the Clone Wars is just like a horribly inaccurate holodrama from the legacy era of what they think happens and which is why there's so many contradictions because it's like, they just don't know. It's like, oh, well, I guess, you know, there's, I guess this person's still alive, maybe. Oh yeah, then this planet was named this when it should have been. Yeah, I guess that's true, and they just pa pass it off as fact. But here you have that rebellion era. Someone's going through the history of the Clone Wars, and most likely altering it is pretty um pretty on par with what I called. Very yeah. I think yours is funnier because. My God, it is set up like some sort of hollow drama, or like a serial, like a TV serial. But hey, war propaganda works too. Um, yeah. Fuck the Clone Wars, Dylan. What's your opinion on the Clone Wars? Um. It's not what a lot of you probably want my opinion to be, but my opinion of the Clone Wars has always been, and always will be, that while I doubt, while I didn't think it necessary, it did fill some sort of void. It did have some good stories in it. It did have some stories, especially the ones pertaining to the clone troopers, and it did have some good information about what was going on. That being said, it went too far and told went a little too much into detail and obviously obviously contradicted a lot of the EU. 
It's 50-50. I think I put it in the same category as I do in my personal canon. I Basically, to me, it's S-canon, where the, thing, the events in Clone Wars, to me, happened so long as they don't contradict anything that happened else in the EU. Anything that doesn't contradict, in my opinion, happened. Anything that does contradict, we're waiting for a retcon. And here we have a retcon. It's just... It's just someone going through the history and changing it. Yeah, you see, mine deals a lot nicer to it than I am. Uh, but I because well, I actually enjoyed it at the beginning. I of course I was a kid. I didn't know any better. I was a kid too, but I had read this stuff prior to that. I was already well versed in what happened in the Clone Wars. I saw that shitty movie. I said, well, the TV show can't be as bad as this movie. Oh, I saw the movie after the TV show. Oh, I went to the movie theater and saw the movie. I'm sorry. Me too. As part of the, it's, I consider it part of the trilogy of trash from 2008. It's in there with um, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and the fourth Rambo movie. It's just being all awful. But to me... It's 75% is garbage and 25% is good. Sorry, I just found another thing from the Force and Destiny Core rulebook that I think needs to the attention of Star Wars Legends fan or Expanded Universe fans. On page 315, which is at pretty much near the end of the section for Game Masters, is an entire page with the caption, Using the Star Wars Expanded Universe. And it's kind of a half page of information with some artwork on the bottom here. This is the page I'm talking about. Don't know how well it's coming off. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of lights in the place I'm in now, so I apologize. That's part of the whole why we've been on hiatus for the past month. He moved, and then I went back to school. But it's basically, you know, saying like, Prior to 2015, everything official licensing not produced by um, by the uh, Disney Lucasfilm is now Legends. Over 35 years of material, it's a huge resource that basically you should you should use. Even even though it's not technically canon, it's there's still a lot of good stories, there's a lot of good source material that you can use for your campaigns. It's essentially what it's saying. Which that was nice of them. It really was nice of them because they didn't have to do this. But they did. It happens. They gotta do shit, so. What's left to talk about, then? We're going um, too fast. We are going too fast. Want to go into what we're reading? Yeah. I just had it. Oh, here it is. Want to start, or? Uh, yeah, I'll start, because I have some things to talk about. It's a few gripes. Uh, I'm reading Dark Forces Soldier of the Empire by William C. Ditz. And I've been in this Dark Forces kick, and now I'm starting to fall off of the Dark Forces kick. Um, This book's too short, and it's too scattery. Uh, That's not a word. It starts off not with Kyle Katarn, but with his father. And spoilers, his father's murdered in the first chapter. 
Well, if you read Dark Empire, you knew that too. If you knew, if you've seen played the games, you knew that. It's kind of coming EU knowledge, but anyway, Soldiers of the Empire. Kyle's not the um, not a witty character that he sort of is in the later games. He's very clean cut and straightforward. But I'm over halfway through the book and he just left the Empire. And I'm like, for, for a book called Soldier of the Empire, you really weren't even there that long. And granted, this book's really short. And he, for most of it, he was just an, a cadet. I mean, he was in, there was an awesome fight scene in the beginning, but I mean, there really hasn't been anything in some of the weird things in this, like Jarek is in it a whole lot. And I, I'm not sure why, besides the fact that Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 was new when this came out and they wanted to tie it Jarek in. But he's in it and he and Kyle Katarn meet and it's like, I don't know, it's like early fan service. I'm not really, I didn't care for that. Uh, Thrawn was in it. Lando was in it. Lando has a brief candy cameo. But um, the the cool part of this book, though, has to be Kyle and Jan have finally met. Jan's his co-pilot, and so that's that was really cool to see them interact with each other for the first time. Uh, so yeah. Overall, it's not that horrible. It's decent, but it's just. If it weren't for the art, I don't think it'd be nearly as good. What about you, Dylan? What are you reading? I am reading New Jedi Order Dark Journey by Elaine Cunningham. About halfway through it. And uh, I'm enjoying it. Kind of hard to talk about without going into spoilers. Because it picks off right above the last book. Which, you know, a lot of Star by Star, which... A lot happened, and a lot of spoilers things happened, but I'm enjoying it. Happened. It had its it had its happy moments too. I doubt that. I think you're just so jaded by all the sadness that less sadness is happy for you now in New Jedi Order. No, there was there was actually a really good triumphant point in the book where. You know, they actually did something good and actually kind of had a victory. Well, that's the closest thing to happy that whole series has had so far. It has its moments. And then it has its moments where you see there's an ad in there for Prozac. <laughs> I'm on a roll tonight. This came on the 2000s, not the 90s. Dude, it, did people still use Prozac? Right. Oh, wait, it was probably Cymbalta then. Yeah. Did we get my depression, my downers meds out? I'm obviously not a doctor. Mm -hmm. Or a pharmacist. I am. That's a fucking lie. Yeah. 
My first initial is a D, though, so, you know. Shut up. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Don't so I think that brings us you're triggering to our me. last. <laughs> Not triggering you. You're, you're straight. Trigger. Oh, that's another lie. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is the part where um, I say this is my last time on the Star Wars Legends podcast because Django's going to kick, or not Django, <laughs> Jeremy's going to kick me out. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. I, I almost put a Django joke up there. But Django doesn't kick anyone out. Yeah. Better or for worse. Okay, let's not call people out here. So I call, I, You're triggering people. I might as well trigger people. Jeez. I, don't, I don't mean to, though. It's... I'm, Oh no. Oh no, I forgot to. What's going on? What's going on? I think Matt's calling me. Yeah, he called me too. I told him to join. I sent anyway, him a. Does that, does that bring us to our last topic then? Might as well. Okay, so. Dylan and I have been wondering because, you know. He reads some of the comics here or there, but he's more focused on the novels right now. And I've read most of the comics at this point. So we were discussing best sword fight, not necessarily lightsaber. Any sort the of lightsaber fights count. Lightsaber fights count, but we're talking sword fights. And do you want to go first, Dylan, or you want me to go first? And specifically in the comics, where you know there's at least, yeah, where there's like a visual aspect as well as because a lot of there's been a lot of great sword fights too, but mm -hmm. with different authors trying to like express what happens in the sword fight, a lot of times it's lost. Mm -hmm. So do you want to go first, Dylan, or you want me to go first? I'll go first. I think yours is weirder than mine, but mine would be. Um, Kirk Canos and Canor Jax in Crimson Empire. Are you shitting me? That's mine too. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, him and Carson Jax in the first Crimson Empire. Yeah. Yeah, but that was intense. It because, was, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we you have to understand, guys, there had never been a story with the Crimson Guard ever at that point. And nowhere, it, we had never seen them train. Um, well, it's a tie between when Vader fights that red guard, and Vader doesn't even use his lightsaber. He just uses. Well, that one lasts like two seconds, though. But it was intense because you didn't know Vader was versatile in every weapon possible. Well, he's Vader. He is Vader. Well, I have to come up with something different then. No, we can just talk about this because it, it it was such a great. It was not only the sword fight, but the build up to the sword fight in the comic of um, Kirk Canos's essentially motivation being the last Crimson Guard. Even though there were there were other Crimson Guards too that were alive after this, but to his knowledge, he was the last. Mm -hmm. And uh, Carson Jacks had just uh, be wanted to become ruler of the Empire, essentially. And it was so great, too, because Jax was, to some degree, Force-sensitive, too. 
yeah. soon where Kirk Hannos wasn't, and he still managed. Oh, spoiler! Well, not really a spoiler because you know there's a Crimson it- Empire two or two and three. <laughs> so, spoiler alert: the protagonist wins in the end. They were like fighting over like a pit. It's like they fought, they fought in their training ground, which is just like so awesome. Brings it, bring. If there hadn't been a sequel to Crimson Empire, I would have been fine with it. Right, because it was such a good end. Maybe one panel where him and um, what's her face get together, because that didn't, that doesn't happen until like the end of the last one. Well, she swears revenge on him at the end of the first book. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Killing your friend. That's right. Because you have to realize that Kirk Canis is a real big asshole throughout (laughs) this book. Uh, He doesn't care about anyone but the Emperor. Mm -hmm. To the point where he actually helps out the New Republic when it serves his purposes. Yeah. Even though they can't entirely trust him. No. And they don't. No, in fact, Luke fucking hates him. By the time Crimson Empire 3... Happened. Oh, let's not get into that. I don't even remember Crimson Empire 3, except for... Han was a general. Do you remember that? He was a general a lot. He, like, he, like, he didn't even act like Han Solo at all. And, like He was like... I'm coming home, love, to Leia. And I'm like, oh, jeez. And Leia was the open one when Luke wasn't. So they did, like, a weird character swap between the two of them. Which is really weird. I didn't even know why Luke was there. He should have been on Yavin 4 with his academy because he had them at that point. Thing. Yeah, but he took breaks from the academy a lot to do other things. Well, By I'm, that point, I think he had other Jedi who could run it for him, or like run it for a few months while he did other things, and then he would come back. I don't know if Crimson Empire Three was bad. Crimson Empire Two was okay. Oh, it was bad. It if was okay. The tie into the new Jedi Order, it's bad. If you do, it's okay. It's yeah. passable at best. Which, if you're like me and you didn't catch on on this about a certain character, you didn't know. In fact, the one shot Kennick's kill, the bounty hunter, is better than Crimson Empire 2. Do you remember that? You ever read that? No. Oh, it's, it's actually a pretty good story. Um, Kirk Canos takes up this uh, the mantle of a bounty hunter named Kennex Kill. And um, he essentially sets a bunch of people up and kills them. <laughs> sort of a Boba Fett-esque. It was a Boba Fett-esque story without Boba Fett because, you know, we didn't want to overdo Boba Fett at that time. <laughs> We didn't want to make him the Deadpool of the Star Wars universe. Even though he would... Actually, he never really became that. Well, they'll probably do that with the new canon. Mm. He probably won't be able to die. He'll have a healing factor he got from Wolverine or something. I don't know. Darth Maul got that way. Kind of. 
in the Clone Wars. But he wasn't a humorous character. Boba Fett became sort of a humorous character. It was a dry humor, though. Yeah, he, he cracked one-liners and stuff. Like, the Sarlacc found me indigestible from Dark Empire. Really? <laughs> I, I laughed. I like how he gives no credit to Dengar, too. I wouldn't even know if that story had been written by, before Dark Empire. Of course, it is just like Boba Fett to, you know, not not give credit. He at that point, at least. Empathy. But, yeah. Anyway, I can't believe we had the same one. It's weird. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to find some obscure thing with Vong. No, I mean... Well, because the only Vong comics were um, Chewbacca, which didn't have any fighting in it, and um, Invasion, which is really bad and I can't even get through because it's so bad. I mean, the best sword fight so far in Vong involves Corrin Horn, and that's that's pretty early on. And even that, like, he only won because he tricked the guy. Oh, spoiler. No, people won't remember, or if they do, they'll complain to me. They won't complain about you. I'm I'm the horrible human being on this podcast, remember. Mm-hmm. I'm the one no one has heard of. I'm the one that sucks dick. Okay. Yeah, that, that that's the fact. People said it. <laughs> no, I don't care. I really don't. Anyway, is that it? Yeah. This is actually probably going to be shorter than the last one. Keep getting shorter. We'll have a two-minute podcast by by next year. That'd be easy for editing. What editing? Who am I kidding? Why would I edit anything? <laughs> I don't even edit podcasts I say I edit. Jeez. Oh, but uh, there was one thing we didn't get to, which we said we would, but that person we need isn't here. Yep. Join us next time when many maybe Matt won't just call us on Skype and tease us. Yeah. Maybe and we'll... we send him invites to the to the to join so we can talk about this, and he says no. He says sorry, I can't do it. Watching I'm a movie with my wife. For that. I'm watching movies with my wife. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we love you, Matt. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone.